This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. The, the sticks and bricks analogy is very much like healthcare, flesh and bones. When you're dealing with the human biology or when you're dealing with, you know, where people live, right? And the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, these are some of the most critical things that affect your, your sense of experience in the world is where you live and how you live and the experiences around that. That's going to be heavily regulated because if things go wrong, they can really go wrong. Um, 100%. And, and I think, you know, you touched on that too. The red tape, the bureaucracy, the legislation is perhaps holding back the industry. Now, I, I want to shift on that note to talk so, about- so, so, do, do you mind if I add something to the, to the red tape? So my partner, who we'll talk about in a second, and obviously our backgrounds, I assume, but when we were building what we were building, and obviously still building, one of the mindsets we've always had is, don't reinvent the wheel. We're trying to have our process disguised as regular construction because we don't want to fight the red tape because that's not a battle you could win. When when you're doing things that are a bit more nuanced, right? And I, I, you know, 3D printing is incredibly interesting, alternative materials, but you're kind of at the whim of, of something you can't control, which is, you know, the legislative side of, of construction. Because like you said, uh, when you build buildings and you're building a hundred unit multifamily building, you're putting a hundred, you know, people potentially more depending on the density at risk. And that's why, you know, it's so slow to move and adopt to new materials, technologies, et cetera, is because, you know, if things work, don't break them, right? That's kind of the mentality. Well, not just that, and this, this is exactly where I wanted to go next, is you have a lot of great underlying IP and technology, but how you position it's key. And in some ways to use, to sort of paraphrase what you're saying, dumb it down and make it easy to understand. If you can tie what you're offering to some of the biggest problems in the world, affordability, humans need shelter, they need safety. You're gonna gain adoption if you come in with this very high tech, scary AI driven pitch, you're going to be bound by confusion where regulators and committees and, you know, local council boards are going to be very confused about how to deal with this and they're going to inevitably slow you down because they want to protect people. You've got to shift the, the industry from thinking about protecting people against technology to solving their core need, which is creating more affordable housing and solving some of the problems that exist with the construction industry overall. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because construction is to blame for, for some of the prices, right? And, and where affordability is going. And it's probably the biggest crisis we don't talk about in the US enough. Um, well, I guess we're starting to now, right? But if you look at basis, right? Basis is one thing, but part of basis is the construction piece. And people keep blaming materials, right? As, as we've seen kind of in the last year, you know, lumber prices skyrocket and yeah. But ironically, materials are only 30% of the, of the construction cost, right? If you look at a dollar per square foot, 30% is materials related, 70% is labor. And and going back to the labor, it's because young people aren't replenishing the labor force that's kind of coming out and, and retiring. And these are a lot of trade skills, right? That take time to, to replenish. You have to train someone, you have to certify someone, et cetera. So that's why you're seeing on construction sites now, you know, electricians, plumbers making $80 an hour and developers, they still want their margin, right? So that's why you're seeing prices go up so high. You're seeing, you know, 
rents, housing, you know, it's not attainable at this point. So construction solves a lot of things. If you can figure out how to bring that price point down through basis, you're unlocking more opportunity for developers and incentivizing them to build more, even if land basis continues to go up and thus they can pass those cost savings down to the consumer. And, and part of the part of that also is the reason why you're seeing such a the right political word. I mean, you're, you're seeing crappy product being delivered, not just across housing, but everything from office to hospitals. And the product is crappy because developers are fighting a cost game and they're incentivized to build whatever is cheapest for them to produce the highest margin. That's why, you know, when you look at buildings, that's why buildings aren't built to the same standard as a beautiful iPhone or, you know, a Tesla. It's because there's there's a cost equation that you're playing with. And technology can come in and expand margins for everyone involved. But in, and what you're doing is flipping it on its head, changing the entire way, you know, rather than building on site, you build off site. Talk to us a bit about this trend and not just diving into your company, but also there's a whole wave of prefab modular uh, companies out there. I, I personally invested in Boxable, which is also yeah. trying to be like the Amazon or Tesla of housing. Talk to us about this trend and a bit about where QB fits in in that mega trend. Yeah, let's take a step back for a second, which is a fun history lesson. But if you look at if you look at you know prefab, prefab has literally existed for you know decades. If you look at the Soviet Union, those big concrete panels that were produced to build Soviet housing. The Soviets have had this for, you know, for the last 60, 50 years. It's, it's nothing new, uh, this concept of prefab. And then there was this emergence of modular, you know, where someone, you know, builds a box uh, outfitted with essentially, you know, uh, building, right, that just stacks on top, rooms, bathrooms, etc. The problem with modular, at least the way we look at it, is uh, this concept of producing a product and then selling it to a developer, uh, it becomes very binary, right? There's not a lot of level of customization and you truly need asset classes in real estate that are repeatable in quality. So think about producing a hundred of the same Hiltons or a hundred of the same McDonald's. That works, but unfortunately, most of real estate is, is very custom, right? Uh, every every piece of real estate is unique. Even if developer A and developer B build a building next door to each other, same basis and cost, it, unfortunately, they always come out different. And that's kind of the problem with, with you know construction altogether is how could you ever, how could that be if you can produce the same Toyota, right? If you're buying a Toyota Camry and the guy behind you and the next car in the production line comes out different, that's a big problem because you just paid the same price. And also on but, the, on the investor side, it's very frustrating when you're trying to pencil budgets together and you have overruns and you think to yourself, why is this happening? This shouldn't happen. Why are there so many surprises? And that sensitivity, the variance of a budget can destroy your returns as an investor. Uh, you take a lot of risk in the, you know, in the in the investment side of things. On the principal side, when you start to go into construction, your level of risk and a lot of unknowns are are phenomenal. No, a hundred percent. But uh, exactly, and it, you know, the issue is when a modular emerged. Right, modular is perfect when you're building hotels when you have this reputable product. But still, right, modular too. You have these gigafactories that are producing this box, right? And the the thing with this box is, you know, it's not properly manufacturing. Yes, there's some component of an assembly line or a conveyor belt, but really what these groups have done, they've just taken a construction worker, you know, some guy or girl with a hard hat that's just doing the same construction process just under the roof of a warehouse. Nothing about that mimics the way Toyota builds cars. And if you've ever read the Toyota way, it's an incredible book. Uh, my co-founder Oleg, he lives by that entire principle, which is how do you make that conveyor belt better optimized, you know, create a better efficiency, a process behind it, etc. So modular is one element of that, where you're just building a binary box and a developer has to agree whether it fits into their project or not. Because 
because that's a focus on an end product. Whereas we believe you need to focus on the process. Prefab is a little better in the sense that prefab allows you to customize a bit more. In prefab, you're really producing just different kits of parts to a building offsite, flat packing, or just shipping them to the construction site. But again, in the, both those instances, you're, you're faced with the issue that even if their process works, even if this process is great, and even if it is lean manufacturing, you lose all the benefits of productization, labor hour reductions and efficiencies, uh, because you're adding this element of three, 4,000 miles in between. And by the way, that's a big, big impact on CO2 emissions. Even if you're flat packing timber, right? The fact that you have to go and, and transport it 3,000 miles, that's kind of a big, that's a big thing no one's talking about and they will be at scale. Yeah. And you're not, you're um, not simply, you know, packaging up a letter via FedEx. Here you need permits, you need security escorts, you'll produce, you know, you're, you're... I mean, you're, 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 sh oh my God, imagine, imagine taking a hundred of these, you know, 20 by 20 or 20 by 40 panels, right? You're, you're, you need hundreds of those shipped to the construction site and you need the different parts. So exactly. It's not like mailing a FedEx envelope. You're talking about convoys going from A to B, which is why everyone's... In some cases, everyone's you're shutting down streets, you're getting permission, you're getting police escorts, you're, you know, the level of complexity with logistics uh, and this is something that, you know, out, out of the box, yes, you can see you can buy these modular prefab homes for, uh, you know, 50,000. What you forget is you might spend 20, 30,000 just on transport and installation and setup. Uh, and this, this, is, this is, I believe, the reason why companies like Amazon are building warehouses all throughout the US to figure Correct. out that last mile delivery. The further you Correct. are from the customer, the more complexity there is. And it, it sort of increases non-linearly you know, super linearly in that the further away you are, the more complicated it is. Especially when you're dealing with big, big, you know, we're talking about sticks and bricks here, combined together. hundred percent. And I think that's where, that's where prefab is now heading towards. Everyone's trying to have a local factory or work with a local factory to produce their product because they realize that there's, you know, a big constraint. Here's the thing though, even if you build a local factory, at some point that local factory will build everything it needs to build in the serviceable area, right? Because, you know, at some point you run out of space, you've built everything you needed to build in that geographic region. So what do you do then? Does that plant shut down? What happens? That's why we kind of approached it with these movable factory approaches, which we, we can talk about down the line. But yeah, if you look at the industry as a whole, I mean, uh, prefab and modular are great, but so far no one's emerged this kind of deep player. No one's integrated with everyone. It's kind of this still also fragmented approach and everyone has a different solution. And I, I'm really glad that there's all these players focused on it because like I said, the next Tesla will come from this industry.